You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of your disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance, and so, You will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. Well, good evening, church. Good evening. Welcome again. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here, I'm on staff here, and I have the privilege of sharing a message with you this evening. And if you're watching at home, we love you. So thank you for tuning in. Before I jump into what I want to share tonight, Um, I want to share a little bit of a notice and focus, zone in, hone in on one of our incredible ministries in the life of our church. Many of you will know we are in a sermon series called an Isaiah 61 community, and we've been exploring what an Isaiah 61 community is, and one of the ministries that is exemplifying the culture of Isaiah 61, in particular the aspect of pursuing those that are broken and struggling and hurting and vulnerable and disenfranchised and marginalized is a ministry called CMA. It stands for Community Money Advice. And over the next few weeks, we're gonna be really uh, pinpointing this ministry, sharing a lot about it. So keep your eyes open, ears open and eyes open for that. It's gonna be incredible. But tonight, we wanted to give you a bit of a snapshot in terms of a story that's recently come out of CMA. CMA is all about helping people that are struggling financially experience financial freedom and hope. Um, It is a ministry of our church led by the um, incredibly handsome Mark Johansson, right down, (laughs) Santa Sarah at the front. (laughs) Handsome Johansson, was that your nickname at school? Uh, Of course. (laughs) Should have been. Anyway, um, so CMA are literally changing lives and bringing hope to people that are really struggling financially. It is, it is living out the calling, the mandate of Isaiah 61, and we have the privilege of hearing a real-life story of someone whose debts were wiped. Her name is Lucy. She is incredible. We interviewed her a couple of weeks ago after the team have been um, just walking with her on this unbelievable journey um, of pain and heartbreak, and tonight um, we're going to hear her story. So everyone watch the screen. My name is Lucy and this is my story. Well, being 18, moved out of my mum's and I got a boyfriend, which was a bad influence. Got me in a lot of debt 
what I couldn't handle. So it ended up leaving a black cloud around me and literally felt like the weight of the world on my shoulders and felt like there was no way out. Bills just kept on adding up, adding up, letters coming through, bailiffs knocking on your door. Um, so I was, I needed to find a way out and I found CMA. Quite a lot in debt. I was in total of over 20K, which when I got the email saying I was over 20K in debt, it was, wow. When I come to CMA, they were really welcoming, really welcoming and really warm and they didn't judge at all and they took the time to get to know you and to get the best outcome for the situation for you, yeah. So with the help of CMA, with a few months of getting the paperwork together, my debt was cleared and yeah, I could start over and it felt good, really good, yeah. How did it feel to be free from debt? Wow, it felt amazing. Like, just that big thunderstorm just gone. Here's the sunshine, there's, there's your new pass to life, honestly. Yeah, it was good. CMA has helped me overcome my debt and my cloud. I have a new partner, a new house, a little girl, and a new baby on the way, a job. So yeah, it's really helped a lot and I can look forward to the future instead of hide away from it now, yeah. So thanks CMA for that. How good is that? Life, lives are being changed through this ministry and we're going to tell you a lot more about how it works, um, what it means, everything to be part of CMA um, very, very soon over the next few days and weeks. Check out social media, church news, everything. Uh, but we just want to throw it out there. Um, as we emerge out of lockdown, as we kind of, the city kind of gets released from that, there are in reality thousands of people just like Lucy who are, have racked up through many different circumstances, a lot of debt, they're struggling. Um, as we emerge out of lockdown, the kind of, uh, the damn walls almost that's been holding the debt back will break and the debt will kind of come flooding back. So as a CMA team, we're gonna be faced with a lot more people just like Lucy needing help. And so we wanna grow the CMA team. We are looking for people who, um, are just passionate about Jesus, who want to serve, who want to be part of transforming lives and bringing hope in a financial way. We want people like that to join the CMA team. Uh, we're going to be doing a CMA vision and info night in a couple of weeks. All the information is going to come out soon, but if you're interested, you don't need to have a, a, um, a maths degree. You don't need to have any qualifications. You just simply need to have a heart for those that are struggling. And uh, Mark Johansson is here tonight. Um, I'm sure you can commandeer him on the way out. But um, if you are interested, if you have questions, it, you know, you don't have to, uh, this is just an information night. We'll be letting you know all the information about it, but you can reach out to us, hello at wholevineyard.co.uk, um, and 
check out Church News for all the information, but we are looking for people that maybe go, yeah, do you know what, I want to be part of this incredible, life-transforming ministry. So that is CMA. Again, tonight was just a snapshot of what we're going to be sharing with you over the next few weeks, but please do reach out, hello at wholevineyard.co.uk if you are interested exploring what it means to be part of the team there. Okay, if you've got a Bible, why don't you turn to Isaiah chapter 61. We have been camped and parked in Isaiah 61 over the last five weeks. In fact, tonight is the final sermon in the series. How good has it been to be part of uh, an Isaiah 61 community? And if you've missed any of them, don't forget, you can just get on our website and catch up. We've really been exploring what it means to live out the mission and the mandate that marked the ministry of Jesus. You remember in Luke chapter 4, Jesus stood up in the temple and he read the first few verses of Isaiah 61, and that framed what his purpose, his, his passion, why he was here on earth. And, and we've been looking at all the different elements and aspects to what an Isaiah 61 community is. And we recognize very early on that it's an, it's an impossibility to live as an Isaiah 61 community without the anointing, the empowering, without a dependence upon the power of the Holy Spirit. Today is Pentecost Sunday in the church calendar, and it's so helpful to remind ourselves as the church that the same Holy Spirit that came in tongues of fire upon the church, that blew through that room like a rushing wind, that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that same Holy Spirit is in the room right now, is living in every single one of us. So the, the possibilities are endless because we have him. John spoke a few weeks back about living as a community of joy, Fixing our eyes not on our stresses and strains, not on our problems or our pain, but rather upon Jesus. Being content in every circumstance because we have him and he is all we need. We talked a lot about living as a community of justice and compassion. As a church, people being bent towards the disenfranchised and the marginalized, those that are on the outcasts of society, those that are considered worthless, they have a special value to the Lord. And so we have to move towards the broken, we have to move towards the hurting, and offer them freedom, help, anything, and ultimately invitation to know Jesus. It talks about not being a holy huddle. These four walls of the church are really our starting point to reaching out, not the end game. Our mission and our mandate is to ultimately bring cultural renewal to every area of society in this city and beyond, from education to the arts, from government to housing, business and finance, to parenting and family life. We are about, as Joni shared last week, rebuilding and the regeneration of our city and beyond. Why? Because we are an Isaiah 61 community. So we've looked really at the last few weeks about what it means to live out Isaiah 61. I want to change tact tonight, bring it to land and explore who are we? Who are we as an Isaiah 61 community? And I want to share three things that you need to know about yourself and about our church in order to live the Isaiah 61 life. Three things, okay? We're going to read half of a verse, and it's halfway through verse 3 of Isaiah 61. And this is what it says. It says, They will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That is our text for tonight. And this, I think, shows us the DNA of an Isaiah 61 community. The DNA. 
And it's important to look at the DNA because ultimately the DNA of someone or something determines what it will look like. I had a baby eight months ago. Well, I didn't have a baby. My wife had a baby. <laughs> I use that every week. It's a good one. Um, I, I was present. Uh, I was very much present for there. For the, anyway, um, and uh, her name is Ivy. She was eight months old just yesterday, and she is a joy and a delight. And last summer, when Hannah was heavily pregnant, we had a baby shower. And one of the games that they, the really fun games that they play at these things, was um, they ask questions. One of the questions they asked were, what traits from Josh and Hannah do you want baby Ivy to have? And everyone, bar none, said, please don't let the baby have Josh's face. <laughs> let her look like Hannah and have Josh's personality. And I thought that was, um, I thought it was offensive until I realized a baby with this would look like the creepiest baby on earth. So um, thankfully, she is gorgeous and looks just like a mum. Uh, but this, I think, is the DNA. And actually, if we get ourselves right in this verse, I think everything else, the fruit of our lives, will, will be born out of this. So let's just work through this verse. And this is where it starts. They will be called oaks of righteousness. If you've got a Bible, a real physical Bible, you can underline oaks. They will be called oaks of righteousness. Church, you are called in this time, in this season, in our city, in our homes, to be an oak of righteousness. As a church family, we are called in this time, in this city, in this season, to be oaks of righteousness. If you're in a bubble with someone and you're sitting next to them, turn to them and just say, you are an oak. You are an oak. Say hey. If you're sat at home watching someone right now, turn to them and say, you are an oak. And this is, I think, the big picture, guys, of what, I, what the Lord, I think, wants to say to us tonight, is that God wants to transform your life into something that will grow far bigger and go far further than you could ever possibly imagine. God wants to expand your world so that you will impact your homes, your streets, your city, and your nation. God wants your life to be one of flourishing, beauty, and hope in every area. And not only that, but as an oak planted in this city, the call, the mandate on your life is to unleash and unlock life and hope everywhere you go. You are an oak. And just as an oak starts off as a tiny acorn, you need to know the potential in your life is far greater than you could possibly imagine, and it goes far further than what you see when you look at yourself right now. Guys, there are kingdom possibilities. There are creative, endless opportunities pent up in your future and your destiny just waiting for you to partner with the power of the Holy Spirit to unlock, to release the kingdom in new ways. You are an oak. Wrapped up in your DNA is the capacity to bring justice, to bring hope, to bring life, to bring freedom, to live out the Isaiah 61 stuff everywhere you go, no matter your mistakes, no matter your past, no matter your sin, no matter your mess, no matter what people have spoken over you when you were a child, this is a new day. God has his hand on your life and he's inviting you to walk with him and work with him and participate in building a new world in this next season. You are an oak. You are an oak. Now, here's the crazy thing about oaks. I had to do some research about oaks. 
You know, what an exciting week I've had. But here's what I learned about oaks. Oaks take 300 years to grow, 300 years to live, and 300 years to die. In other words, changing the world as an oak will not happen in a moment. It doesn't happen in an instant. The oak tree doesn't even produce an acorn for 20 years. But here's the thing. Once an oak is growing, they are unstoppable. They are pretty much immovable. Oak trees are enduring. They are consistent. They are steadfast in the wildest storms. They provide shelter for those in the wind and shade in the sun. They're not fleeting. They're ever-present. They're not feeble. They're robust. They're powerful. They're lasting. They're consistent in an instant world. How many of you know we live in an instant world right now? Everything is available at your fingertips in a moment. A lot of that is really great stuff. But our lives are being saturated by things that we can get instantly. Technology is making things quicker, allowing our lives to be more and more full. Our attention spans are shorter than ever. We're constantly searching for the latest thing. We put a great value on the new thing. And sometimes that bleeds over into our faith. But let me just say, in a temporary culture, our world is searching for things that really last. Things that go beyond this moment and offer an eternal living hope, as we sung about tonight. Our world is searching, longing for people to exist that have a faith that is a long-haul faith. Despite the wind and the waves that stay standard, that stay rooted, that stay grounding, that stay consistent in season and out, whose faith is not based on the next emotional high or the next fad of uh, great teaching, but who are consistent. Let me say consistency is, is unglamorous, but it is completely underrated. As a character trait, consistency is just the most beautiful thing. It's fascinating to me out of all the analogies God could have used to describe and paint a picture of the redeemed church, he chose an oak. Because an oak is not the most beautiful tree. It's not the most fruitful tree. It's not the most visually stunning. It's not the most tallest. It's, it's not the most glamorous. But here's what oaks do. They just endure. I love this picture of an oak, almost like God is saying, with our faith, it has nothing to do with being the best. It has nothing to do with being the most beautiful or the biggest or the most popular. It's just about showing up. It's just about putting in our faith one foot in front of the other, almost like changing the world consists of daily choices every single day over a very long period of time. Not one big thing. Our city, I believe, will be built on people who are oaks of righteousness. And here's the righteousness thing. It's just about doing the right thing consistently. It's just about in season and out of season doing the right thing. When it's popular, when it's not popular, doing the right thing. When we're with the crowd and when we're against the crowd, doing the right thing. When we're seeing fruit in our lives and when we feel like we're in a winter season, a season of waiting, doing the right thing. When we're close to God and when we feel like, God, where are you? We just do the right thing. We just lean into God. We just read the scriptures. We just share our faith. We're just generous. We just get stuck into life in the church. This is what it means to live out the Isaiah 61 mandate. Just consistently every day, justice people, compassion, saying to God, God, how can I love people today? And notice that this is not just a command. This is not just a renaming of individuals. The author here says, 
hey, they will be called oaks. So God is not building an individual oaks. He's building a forest. He's building the church. And once we say yes to this call and this mandate, we have to say yes to it in the context of community. It is impossible to be an Isaiah 61 person on your own. I love this verse in Psalm 92, and this is what it says. The righteous will flourish like a palm leaf. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. I love this connection of flourishing and vitality and a vibrant life, almost like the abundant life Jesus was talking about is inextricably linked to getting your roots in the house of God. It's so, so good. We are invited to community. So you are an oak of righteousness. That's the first thing I want you to tell you about yourself in order for you to grasp and and for us all to step into the Isaiah 61 community. Let me move on. Second passage says this. Um, They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. A planting. If you're underlining stuff in your Bible, underline the word planting. You are a planting of the Lord. We are, as a church, a planting of the Lord. We have to be aware, guys, and awake to the reality that God has planted and placed us in this time, in this season, in this city, in our streets, in this community, right here, right now. You were born, you were made, you were destined to be alive in this moment for a purpose. You are a planting of the Lord. How many of you know God doesn't make mistakes? You are a planting of the Lord. And if you are a planting of the Lord, that means there is purpose in your placement. That means you are here in this church, in this room right now for a reason. You may feel like your life is drifting. You may feel like you don't really know what your life is about. You may feel like you've come to university and you made the wrong choice and you have no idea what's going on. You may feel like you've been drifting from God. You may feel like you lack purpose or meaning or hope or direction. You may fear actually deeply about the future because you can't see how it's all going to work out. And, And if that's you, you need to hear this today. God has a plan and a purpose for you today. You were planted in this time for a purpose, a planting of the Lord. If you are a planting of the Lord, that means there is purpose. There's purpose in your pain or your progress. There's purpose that whatever you're going through, whatever you're struggling with, I wonder how it would change your perspective to know that God is in this season. God has perfectly positioned and planted you for his purpose in this time. Think about it like this. God has planted you in this city for such a time as this. God has planted you in your street for such a time as this. God has planted you next to your neighbors for such a time as this, in this church family for such a time as this, at your workplace, at your uni campus, in your school, around the people that you're around because God wants to use you to make a difference. You were planted for such a time as this. Too many followers of Jesus sit on the sidelines of the game, when they were born to play. Getting planted, I believe, in God's house will lead to a flourishing life. I remember when I came to university, um, about 2009, 12 years ago, 12 years ago I came to university, 
And I spent my first year doing my own thing. And let me just say, my life was not flourishing. And I had one of those conversations with, with Pastor John. He said, uh, it's one of those Josh sort your lives out kind of conversations. And it was so helpful. And, and I basically made understood and recognized in that moment that I was sitting on the sidelines doing very little, pursuing everything that I wanted to pursue. And all of a sudden, I heard the call of Jesus in a fresh way saying, Josh, are you in? And I turned my whole life upside down. I cut a lot of stuff out of my life. I made some hard choices. It's been the best thing ever to live all in for Jesus, not perfectly, far from it. But um, you will never regret it, honestly. Um, So what does it look like, church, for you to say yes to his purpose and his planting in your presence? What does it look like to live with eyes wide open to those around us that we could share our life with, share our faith with? What does it look like to get involved in church on a whole new level? So we're opening things back up and ministries like CMA are just changing the world. Do you want to get involved? There are so many places and positions for you to get even more planted. And especially if you're new, we found the biggest thing that helps people get connected into community is, is joining a home group, yes, but actually more than that is being part of a team. It's being part of a cause bigger than ourselves. There is purpose in your planting. And then finally, this um, is the last thing I, I want to share. It says, uh, in, in the, if we could have the scripture back up, it says this, um, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, why? For the display of his splendor. I think in your first sermon, John spoke about knowing your why. How's that for a why? If you are to ask you, why are you here on earth? Why has God put you on this planet? I wonder what you'd say. How about this for an answer? To display his splendor. Wonder how it would change our perspective to notice that everything we do, everywhere we go, we exist to display his splendor. Church, you are God's display window. You're an oak of righteousness, you're a planting of the Lord, and you are God's display window. In a world of self promotion, self importance, self sufficiency, the thing that sets us apart is that we live for Jesus. We live for Jesus. Why do you go to work? To display his splendor. Why do you go to university to become a doctor or an artist or whatever? What if it was more than that? What if it was that you wanted to offer your life as a conduit to let the world see his splendor? Why why would you stay at home and look after the kids to display his splendor through family? Why, Why do you give money generously to display his character, his likeness? We exist to display his splendor. Our destiny is to display his splendor. Hands up if you've been shopping since lockdown has eased a little bit. Anyone been shopping? I know. You can be, there's nothing wrong with shopping, guys. Don't be embarrassed. I like shopping. Um, most of it's online. Does anyone still go to physical shops and have a look? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, genius. So um, imagine going to the shopping center in St. Stephen's. When you walk through the shopping center, you'll notice on both sides are all the shops. Now, what do they have at the front of their shops? They have display windows. And what do they put in the display windows? They put essentially 
um, an image, a picture of what is inside the store, and they want to make it as beautiful and appealing and attractive as possible. They put these mannequins on, if it's a clothes store, looking stunning so that it would attract people in. Why is that? Well, it's because the store owners know that there are thousands of potential customers walking past every day without coming in, and if only they can attract people in, once they get inside the store, they discover that there is so much more. There are racks and racks of all kinds of clothes that people can buy. But imagine if I was walking down the shopping center and there were these display windows. In every display window, there was a mannequin dressed like me, wearing this faux leather jacket and these jeans. I would not ever want to go into those stores. Why? Because they offer nothing different. They're just mannequins wearing my clothes. I'm like, well, there's no point going in. Church, if we are to be God's display window, we have to look radically different from our world and our culture. We have to be marked by a new way of living, by a different way of thinking. Every part of our world has to be infused with the life of Jesus. Our values, our culture, our life, our thinking, our language has to be like Jesus. And here's what will happen as we live out this call to be God's display window. Wherever you find yourselves, people will look at you and go, there's something different about you. What is it? You don't gossip. You encourage. You're not stingy with your money. You're generous. Yeah, just, I mean, the, the list is endless. You have boundaries within dating. You, have, you don't swear. There are so many things that you could say. What is there about you? Why on earth do you do that? And then you'll be able to share, well, this is the life of Jesus that I imperfectly am trying to reflect to the world. Another definition, description of the church later on in this passage that we've not read is priests. You are priests in your workplace. You are priests on your streets. You are priests. You are there to to represent, to be ambassadors for a new kingdom, an invading kingdom, The Isaiah 61 kingdom of justice, hope, mercy, love, of which Jesus is the king and Jesus is on the move. So church, as we finish coming to land on this series, we are an oak of righteousness. As community, we are oaks of righteousness. We are planted here in this season, a planting of the Lord for this time. And finally, we are... We exist in every area of life to display his splendor. This is in our DNA. This is our why, to represent Jesus to a world so desperately in need of him. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Hall Vineyard podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church. Go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.